Welcome to the Passion Fit Coaching Podcast. This podcast is hosted by my husband, Tom Ward, and it is produced and directed by professional athlete Lydia Dant. Tom is our Passion Fit Coaching Strategy... No, what are you again? What are you you actually? Coaching Strategy Creator. So whilst we're trying to figure out the finer details of what Tom's title really means, sit back and enjoy the podcast. Before you start listening to this podcast, I've got one little favour to ask of you. Please can you like, subscribe and then share this podcast with other people who might benefit from the content on us. We spend a lot of time doing these podcasts and really, really think that what we say in these can help someone. So if you know someone that could benefit of it, please make sure you get the message out there. Thank you. Why we need to change our perception of what a safe space means. So welcome to episode 30. Episode 30. Of the Passion Fit Coaching Podcast. Yeah. So we are um, quite a long way into our series of podcasts now, aren't we? I'll well, 30, well, 30 obviously. 30. It's actually not 30, is 30 it? 30 in a little bit. There's a few bonus ones and a slight miscount. There is, yeah, exactly. So today we're going to be talking about the difference between a safe space and a soft space. Yeah. Now this is something we've been talking about for some time. In yeah, Dash we have. Fit, and we put a post out about it recently, kind of highlighting the differences between the two. We've um, we've had a lot of feedback internally about this yeah. and some feedback externally. And we wanted to share some of our ideas with you guys, some of our own experiences regarding these two environments um, and how we found understanding the, the differences yeah. and what it is that we actually need, the difference between what we need and what we want, Yeah. how that makes a difference to our journey. Yeah, the impact it has. Yeah. Yeah. And we're in a different room today recording this. We are. We're downstairs in the new renovation. Yeah, so... Renovation part two. Renovation part two. So we keep... Well, we have finished pretty much now renovating our studio building. Um, we've done it in phases. This We built Lydia this little room, basically. It wasn't that wasn't the original oh, intention. It's it the turned, kitchen. It is, it is a kitchen. Uh, but Lydia's turned it into a kitchen stroke office. Yes. Um, it's very quiet. It is like, quiet. Don't you? Yeah. Um, and, enclosed. Um, quiet, and enclosed. Enclosed. She calls it uh, her Groot cave. Yeah. Because if you hadn't noticed, Lydia um, has the same hairstyle as Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy. And dance moves. No, no not, he has better <laughs> dance moves than you do. So, um, but uh, uh, the, we hope the sounds okay. Yeah, so we're refining acoustics. Yeah. Lydia thinks we need to get egg boxes on the wall, but I'm not quite sure. We have enough eggs to probably... <laughs> we actually To do. probably provide sufficient egg box uh, coverage, but uh, we... Um, I don't know about that. I don't know if it'll look aesthetically as pleasing as the current ones. We'll work it out. We'll work it out. So let's just talk about this. So let's start by trying to give some headlines defining the difference between these two. Yeah. Safe space and soft space. So when we put this out the other day, we, we gave these headlines in a post. You can refer to that if you want to. But a safe space is something that has high challenge and high support. So you get a lot of support, but you also get a lot of challenge. And it's really important that you get both. Mm. For growth. <laughs> Both for growth. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Safe spaces promote ownership. They, they are, ask you to take ownership of your journey and ownership of your destiny, all those kinds of things, ownership of your behaviour. Safe spaces develop competence. They encourage autonomy. They allow you to be vulnerable and a survivor. It's, it's quite important to be able to be vulnerable sometimes. Yeah. But what we don't want to be is something else which we'll talk about in a second yes yeah i won't say the word no they initiate growth safe spaces lead to consistency mm. they create high function and resilience in the in, in individuals that are part of that safe space 
and they generate courage within people. A soft space, on the other hand, supports a lot, provides lots of support, but often quite not a lot, well, not a lot of challenge. Yeah. Yeah, quite a, quite a small amount of challenge. A lot of support, but not a lot of challenge. Often it's an environment or a culture that spreads a lot of blame. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of pointing fingers at other people or other situations that are responsible for your journey or your destiny. Not a lot of ownership. Um, it has a high level of acceptance of incompetence. So if people aren't competent or don't de aren't determined to become competent, don't take responsibility for being competent, then yeah. it is accepted often. It allows low levels of responsibility. Accept stagnation and regression. So when people don't progress or they re they regress, so they sort of plateau or they regress, there's a degree of acceptance amongst that. Um, it feeds victim mentalities. This is a big one, isn't That's it? That's a huge one. Yeah, particularly for you well, and I. Yeah. Yeah, been a big one, hasn't it, for us? Yeah, massive realisation yeah. for me. It leads to inconsistency. It means low function and self-sabotage. Another big individuals. one. Another big one. And generates fear. Yeah. So those are the differences. There, there are more. It's not going to be an exhaustive list. I'm sure you can think of more. Um, this is quite a new concept that we've come up with, isn't it? Yeah. And it came about because one of the things that we have often felt is that... Um, in general, one of the reasons that we see people failing to uh, feel fulfilled, feel accomplished, progress in life, um, is that they um, either create a soft space for themselves mm -hmm. or put themselves into a soft space because, in short, it, it feels easier. It feels okay. Yeah, it feels yeah. okay. It feels easier. And, of course, the danger of statements like be kind and it's okay to not be okay, is that, is that the right word? Don't yeah, that's right? it, that's Don't it. say it a lot, so. No. Um, um, is that they can, if misunderstood, or taken out of context, or used in the wrong environment, can encourage that soft space yeah. mentality, yeah. can't they? Yeah. That soft space culture. Whereas a safe space is one that will say to you, it's okay to not be okay, sometimes. Uh, up until a point. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it's okay, but most of the time, probably not. Particularly in the world that we generally live in. It's not exactly bad, is it? No. And, um, you know, the same goes for be kind. You know, I, I'm not saying that that's not important. Being kind is important, isn't it, Liz? Yeah. yeah. But I'm kind of more of the don't be unkind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's no doubting that you know, some of the most important things that have happened to me in, in my life haven't been driven by an individual's determination just to be as kind as they could be to me in the moment. No. Um, it's been some of the challenges that people have presented to me that have led to my, you know, my growth, my greatest amounts of growth. Um, it might not feel like they're being kind in that moment, mm. but when you look back over time, you realise actually that was... The best thing for me. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I know, for example, that when, you know, my mother eventually left my father... Yeah. You know, the way that I treated my mum certainly wasn't, I wouldn't define as kind in the sense that, you know, I had to get her to do things that she didn't want to do. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, in some ways treat her not how I would like to have treated her or she would have liked to have been treated. But it was with the view to get in an end result, which was to get her to not go back to my dad finally, you know, after 40 years of, of, of torture and trauma and torment. So... In the moment, you know, it wasn't a kind thing for me to do, but it was about setting an objective that would be better for her term. in the long term. Yeah. yeah. 
And if you're parents, you'll understand this. But of course, the danger with this kind of it's okay not to be okay and be kind narrative is for me, and I think probably for you too, Liz, mm. is that we're in a place where things are just getting a bit, maybe perhaps getting a bit too, too soft. Too soft, yeah. Aren't they? Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Um, and we're creating victims, you know, um, we're not building resilience in people. Um, we're not building take. We're not building ownership or encouraging ownership in people. Levels of responsibility. We're levels of functioning. Yeah. That high functioning piece. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully, in a bit, you'll talk about. I've got loads of examples. Yeah, because your journey's been really interesting, and of course, not a lot of people in your situation would definitely feel like they had a really good excuse to be in that soft space environment. Yeah. Um, and of course, it's something that I've never allowed you to do. Um, never like, provided for you ever really. And um, um, I hope that you're going to explain why that's yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. to you in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so you know, it's it's obviously it's a contentious topic. It you know, um, and I'm you know, not everyone want to have the same views on this. Totally understand that. But one thing I, I would signpost you to as well is um, a friend of ours, Mark Livesey, recorded a fantastic podcast with two i think they're social psychologists yeah uh, nina powell and rebecca wanick yeah they're based in singapore, singapore. Um, and they wrote they, they recorded a great interview with mark uh, maybe two or three years ago now quite a while ago and they wrote a fantastic article uh, for spiked online which is a little bit of a controversial mm. publication but it's a great article and it was off the back of simone Biles' exit from the olympic the games olympics, wasn't it? so it was 2021 wasn't it yeah it was the tokyo olympics yeah and it was largely as a result of their frustration with one her decision, um, and I don't want to misquote them, but, so do read the article if you want to be sure. But my understanding was it was based around their frustration with her decision, but the narrative that was then put out in the press mm. about that decision. Yeah. yeah? Uh, and what that represents, or potentially represents, about our current culture, yeah, in the Western world in particular. Yeah. yeah. Um, and. Um, they wrote about it, they recorded a great uh, podcast about it. They were very kind enough to chat to me one day too about some of the things that we do. Mm. Um, and that was very nice of them to do and share some of their thoughts about things. So it's a really interesting listen, that. Um, and uh, really, It's one I go back to quite a lot, actually. It is. Yeah, because it helps um, you, doesn't it, when you are having a bit more of a tough time. I, it's have, a good that, reality I have that article up permanently on one of my tabs. Do you? Yeah. I, was gonna th- I thought you were going to a poster on your wall or something. No. No, just up on one of my tabs, just to like refer back to sometimes when you just need that little bit of a sense check or perspective. Because yeah. in the article as well, I think they, uh, there was another teammate of Simone Biles, mm-hmm. um, who right. I think her dad had just passed away or yeah. something like that, just ahead of the Olympics. And they she talk still... about, yeah, that yeah. piece around like sort of duty and responsibility. And yeah, yeah it's really interesting. That and the, um, uh, one of the podcasts, I think it was on IM Talk, wasn't it, with Huberman as well? Yeah. Um, when he talks about like resilience and, mm. Like there comes a point. I think that one of the phrases. It's not. This isn't verbatim, but like there comes a point in time when you're a grown up and you're just. You're well, not, I think you're that was not, John Wood actually. Oh, was it John Wood? I think uh, it was John Wood. Yeah. I think, oh, we'll Paul Wood. Paul Wood. Yeah. yeah. And you're not just a a kid with an attitude problem yeah. anymore. You're you're an adult and you yeah. just need to function and get yeah, a grip because right. yeah. yeah. no one's interested in yeah. your sob stories. Basically, yeah, that's right. That's not exactly right. That's probably my interpretation of it. But no, no, that that's largely much, was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It 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 was. Um, I don't think it might have been Huberman, but I think it was Paul Word, Dr. Paul Word. He's a Kiwi, isn't he? And he, yeah, he was, I think, uh, he had a life sentence, life, life term. Um, I don't think he served it. When he was in prison, he studied psychology and now he helps people, I think, deal with 
uh, um, prison-related trauma. So current prisoners and ex-prisoners. I could be wrong, but he talks a lot about that. And yeah, it was it, that really resonated with me because, mm. um, and it, it actually it really did resonate with me. I'm not saying it was a big turning point for me. It definitely contributed to a big turning point in my journey. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly what you said, which was that there's a point at which you stop being a child with trauma yeah. and just being a kind of a moany adult yeah. yeah with um a sob story to yeah. tell that you're not taking any responsibility over stepping away from yeah and um that that listening to that combined with the particular stage in my life had a really big impact on me um and, and definitely felt at a time when i was transitioning from um into a post-traumatic growth environment and again mm. i think paul talks about this quite a lot in terms of how difficult situations can actually create post-traumatic growth yeah yeah and I think for me people always question me when I talk I say this but I actually have gratitude for the trauma that I experienced as a child now I never sit think about my trauma um with uh any anger Mm. any frustration not really with any sadness the only sadness I feel is for my father and how he must have felt you know, to have behaved that way, you know, towards me and my mum and my sister and others. Um, and that I didn't have an opportunity to understand him better and, and help him in adult life. I never feel any sadness about myself. At the end of the day, it's gone. You know, and I have to move on and I've got two choices. I can either use that to um, become a better version of myself and help other people, or I can wallow in self-pity and wait for somebody else to take responsibility for sorting my life out for me. Um... And that's probably quite a good link into your story as well, isn't it? Because, of course, I'm sure people must know by now, but you obviously recently diagnosed with ASD. Yeah. 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 And um, probably something that we maybe had some considerations about, or I certainly did for a little while. Yeah. I'm no expert in this. Um, My mum's got a bit more experience than me, hasn't she? Sorry, excuse me, I'm just fidgeting because Lily's got a chair, but I'm sitting on a... I'll get you a chair for um, next time if you yeah, want. Yeah, that would be nice. I'm sitting on a, what do you call this? A jump box. Yeah, a jump box. Yeah, CrossFit or whatever. Yeah, we're so, we're so CrossFit. Yeah. Actually, we have it because it is too short to reach a chin bar. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Not that I can do chin-ups either, yeah. though. That's the thing. No. Um, but I'm sitting on it. I'll get you a chair. We'll have like, I was going to upgrade my chair anyway. Okay. Just for a little bit of lumbar support. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah. anyway, aside, aside from that. So, um, yeah. Actually, I think this goes back further than that diagnosis. Because for me, this goes all the way back to uh, lockdown, really. Yeah. Like, when I had... Lots all of, of our favourite time. <laughs> oh, it, it was, like, it actually was. And that was because of the perspective that we had on it, I think. Because, yeah. like, for me, at that time, I was going through the process of splitting up with a long-term boyfriend of, like, six years, mm. selling my house, and also making decisions about uh, leaving, leaving my job mm. and, and other things like that. And... Mm. The one thing I didn't do in that time, which would have been easy to have done, I I never went back to my parents because I knew that that would be it would be nice because they'd mm. be like, oh, it's awful, all these things going mm. on, like mm. you're trying to like work yes, through and stuff like th- that. I remember this decision. Yeah. yeah, and I made a proactive choice to actually not do that because it would have been um, soft space mm. because I'd have been allowed to perpetuate in the experiences that I'd had at home and mm. how that made me feel, and I would have then missed opportunities. Mm. Oh yeah, and, yeah, I mean, I oh, remember yeah. looking at and that. Well, I remember yeah. even like having like at uh, one point when I actually left where I was living, hadn't I? I had to go and live mm. uh, somewhere else for a little bit, and um, 
like we had a conversation and we heavily contracted and I said to you it's like look during this time I want to have the challenge I don't want to look back and miss opportunities mm. so don't like hold back mm. on helping well like the support high challenge high support piece mm. on supporting me to launch uh, well, it was Phoenix back then but passion fitting mm. the bike fitting business and creating this future for myself mm. um, now because it, well gosh if I hadn't have made that decision at that point in time mm. and also been in an, in an environment where I could have had that high challenge but also high support I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now no we'd never be here and then the right people that benefit from that yeah. wouldn't be benefiting with exactly. it. it's not just about you nope. but it's about all the people that you 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 sorting yourself out yeah had a responsibility to didn't yeah because of course if we don't get our own shit together yeah then the people that we can have value to don't benefit and, and we you... see a lot of examples of that don't they people oh, are just a drain yeah. on other people because they can't take ownership about themselves yeah and yeah. i even had this conversation with my line manager as it works so i was really yeah. transparent about he was the good actually i liked him yeah, yeah. absolutely brilliant actually mm. a lot of them were i never really i didn't things i didn't leave work and think oh no, no. like it's just different lifestyles isn't it but um and I said, like, I explained everything that was going on at mm. home and the circumstances and what I was kind of doing next in terms of selling the house and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, like, I even had the same conversation with HR as well and said, look, I don't want time off because that's the that'd be the easy thing. There's so many reasons. I could have gone to the GP mm. and said, look, I just need, I need the time, I need the space, I need a break. Mm. Like, those those sorts of, like, things that you hear. And, like, having been a line manager, having mm. had those mm. sorts of conversations, I'm like, no, I don't want that. I said, I'm turning up to work, I'm doing a brilliant job. There's no reason I can't compartment just because somebody's gone on, mm. gone at home or mm. it's not pleasant, it's not great, mm. but it doesn't mean I don't come to work and do the best that I can. Yeah. Like, because I had a responsibility to the company. Yeah. Like, why was I going to just take leave of absence, still get that, paid and not fo- not be able to do a job? That's a really big one, actually, that word you just use, responsibility, isn't it? Yeah. Because I think that one of the things that I, I remember my dad talking to me about once when I when I was in various team environments, corporate team environments and sports team environments, was that there's two two types of people. People who are rights and entitlement bound yeah. and people who are due to responsibility bound. And it's, what, what worries me a little is that we... Certainly the narrative in society sometimes feels like there's a lot of chat about duty and response... Uh, sorry, rights and entitlements. People seem to have this... Talk a lot about that. Yeah. Um, and people seem to be afraid to challenge back about duty and responsibility. Mm. But I wonder whether there's actually a, a greater number of people that have that sense of duty and responsibility. Mm. It's just that this kind of soft space culture that we're maybe seeing makes those people afraid to speak out. Yeah, yeah. Even I was a bit nervous about putting this post out. Yeah, yeah. Know, I wrote this about three weeks ago and I was like, oh, I don't know, you know, because all of the snowflakes <laughs> Lauren oh, t- Lauren's going to tell me off saying that but honestly true, I say do you know what all of the snowflakes might get onto this you know the wokies um, is that what we call them wokies I'm know. not too down with that sort of we'll thing we'll get onto this and they'll be on my case and I thought do you know what if someone does challenge this I have to have my own courage and, yeah. and trust that I am in the right place this is balanced I'm not being you know bigoted or you know you know unreasonable or inconsiderate or uncompassionate is uncompassionate a word I don't know um, you know, I'm just being balanced here, and I, you know, I know that this is a value. It's a value to me, and it will help some people. Mm. And I've got to overcome my own fear, well, not yeah. be bullied into thinking I can't put this out. And if anyone does moan at me about it, chances are they probably are a snowflake. And um, I, uh, um, I probably don't want to be worrying too much about their feedback anyway. No. 
don't know whether Lauren's going to make us edit that out. We'll see. But let's not. And let's just let us put it out there. If she doesn't listen to it, it's her own fault. Well, that's what I was <laughs> going to say. Wait until she finds out. And she then... doesn't like me using the word snowflake. She hates that word. But I don't know. It's... I, I, I don't. I don't disagree, do I? No. Because the thing is, like, things are what I learnt, and like a lot of it, like, things are always gonna be hard. Yeah. Like at points in time, but it's your perception of how hard they really are. And actually, what I look at now is I think, right, do you know, it's a little bit uncomfortable the circumstances I was going through, but look at the opportunities that it's brought. Well, life like, isn't meant to be easy. No, it's though. not. Is it, that's the reality. Is but if you're a flipping caveman, it's not going to be easy. Every day you're there, like, potentially about to die. That's true. So, <laughs> yes. yeah. like, I mean, like, it's, I know, caveman it's, is an interesting example. I've not heard that phrase for quite a long time. Uh, I don't know, what do we call man. Neanderthals? I don't know. What I can think of when you say caveman is Captain Caveman. Do you remember that cartoon? No, I've no, no idea right now. Captain Caveman. And he used to have this big club. And yeah. he was like basically looked like cousin it from anyway. We really are like Yeah, we are. So but you're right, life isn't like, life no. isn't easy. It's not meant to be no. easy, is it? No. And you look at like I when I talked to both my grandmas, they were around in the wartime yeah. and it wasn't easy, but they yeah. also really enjoyed the experiences they had and they didn't yeah. die, obviously. But they were like working out solutions yeah. to like rationing and yeah. um like my one of my grandmas was sent away and had a total yeah. change in where she was living and yeah. she just got on with it yeah and that's what you do you just get on with it at yeah. times and you have to work out if you've got the support network there that's probably the key thing have yeah. you got the support network to help you through those times yes so you have that balance and perspective about what you're going through and how to cope yeah. with it and do you have and, the own, and do you have the skill set yourself and your own ownership you could, over yeah. making the choices because what i've also realized is I said this phrase recently, is you are your own top cover. Like, at the end of the day, you're the only one who's going to really... People will have your back, but you're the only one who's really got to have your own back yeah. and make things happen. Like, and it's how you choose to use your circumstances yeah. and view them as opportunity to develop. Well, that is true, isn't it? Because, I mean, perhaps, obviously, with parents, that is the exception. You know, because, obviously, um, you know, a lot, not all parents, but a lot of parents would, you know, do anything. You know, yeah. to protect their children, wouldn't they? Yeah. And would be there for them no matter what. I, I mean, I'm sure, you know, that uh, there's lots of parents out there that, that are like that and there's lots of children out there that have parents like that. Um, not children, but adults, because adults have parents too, obviously. <laughs> um, but the reality is that everybody else in your life, friends and loved ones, um, probably have a breaking point, a point at mm. which your behaviour will cause them to disown you. Yeah. yeah parents maybe not even parents sometimes you know mm. have a breaking point we see that but um you know i think that uh, uh and you're right we've got to be if we push people you know because we can't take responsibility ourselves ownership yeah. then ultimately we're going to lose those people um and um it's our responsibility as well to like i say to develop the skills isn't it to be yeah. able to deal with difficult situations because they are going to arise in life if we always hide away from difficult situations i think this is what paul wood was saying is that if we don't expose ourselves to stressors well, yeah, when you they never occur, develop resilience and growth exactly and it's the same that, that mental adaptation is the same as physical you know yeah. when you train for a, a physical development you stress the body so it adapts but if you don't stress the mind, the same thing occurs. And okay, so I know everyone's different, but um, you know it, it does it does worry me. And we were saying that you know you're saying about life mm. um, isn't easy, but like I said, it's not it isn't meant to be, is it? No, you know? it's not. Where's the ben Where's the value? Where's the when you, the sense of achievement, sense of accomplishment, sense of fulfillment? If you have an easy life and get to the end, yeah. 
Um, again, um, it, you know, really be careful what we say because we're not experts at this. But there again, Huberman was talking about this recently, wasn't he, about um, dopamine yes. and the, the fact that um, I think this is my take on it is that your your feeling of fulfilment from achieving something is reduced and diminished if you haven't had to work for it. Yeah. So if you achieve something and you haven't had to work for it, then your feeling of fulfilment um, gets reduced. So you don't experience that dopamine effect. Yeah. And the harder you have to work, the greater the, the sense of fulfilment. And that's why once things become easy, if you carry on doing them, mm. you reduce the way that those things make you feel. Those yeah. things don't make you feel as, as fulfilled. And often we wonder why. And it's because as they become easier, we have to work less hard for the outcome, for the result. And the result means less to us even on an unconscious level, without us even realise. So it's important for us to then search for the next thing, you know? Mm. So, um, so let, let's just go back to the safe space, soft space thing, because this obviously is about the cultural piece, isn't it? And yeah. Obviously, one of the things that we've endeavoured to, to, to do, not necessarily deliberately, but because of my own personal values, I guess, and my own experience at PassionFit is to create a safe space and not a soft space. Mm. Now, Lauren works really hard to support this, doesn't she? But yeah. It's a bit harder for her because she's a very empathetic person, isn't she? She's very yeah. nurturing, which is good. Um, uh, but um, um, there's no doubting that she's absolutely bought into this idea, yeah, idea isn't she, too? And, um, and I guess, I suppose, from a leadership point of view, it's good that we have Lauren for a bit of balance because her lines are drawn differently from ours. Yeah, they are. Yeah? Yeah. But let's just, let's just talk about this a little bit. So from your point of view, you've talked a little bit about lockdown. Yeah. But of course also prior to your ASD diagnosis. Yeah. Um, you know, we, I, or certainly because, you know, I work more closely with you than, than Lauren does. Um, you had, I, what I hope was a safe space environment for you, but yeah. it was certainly one with a lot of challenge. Yeah, it was. Yeah? Yeah. And... I'd be honest, had I known about your ASD prior to the day that we found out about it, I don't know if I'd have challenged you as hard as I did. Mm. So what are your thoughts about that? Do you think that the journey that you've been able to go on um, has been the one that you needed? Um, uh, You know... Because I guess, like, from my point of view, I'm always kind of deliberating over would I have done the same things, approached it the same way, if I'd have known about your SD before this. Yeah. I don't know. What are your thoughts about it? Well, like, I, regardless of, uh, like, the ASD assessment, I've always sought out environments that are going to add a level of challenge. Yeah. Like, I would never say I've taken, like, an easy, an easy option. Yeah. I guess, with everything I've tried to do. And I think what could have, like, continued to happen, like, which had happened up to a point, was... I was falling a lot into this victim mode, the victim and blame side. Mm. And having the high challenge, but also Mm. support Mm. has stopped me doing that. Mm. Like it's made me realise firstly, Mm. how easy it was for me to attribute behaviours to other people and other circumstances, Mm. rather than say, all right, well, do you know what that's happened? Maybe that is something that has like, is learned behaviour yeah. or I'm predisposed to, etc., but not actually then taking any level of ownership to mm. resolve it. Mm. So, like, little trivial things I could end up having a meltdown about, well, that's not adulting. No. And, like, what could have been the uh, 
what could have been allowed to perpetuate was you if you didn't if we didn't know if we if you had already known about the ASD diagnosis, you could have been like, well, they'll just attributed to that. Yeah. And allow that to happen, and that could have been part of the big con- could have oh, been yeah. a big contributing factor. Yeah, but the difference was because we didn't know, we didn't attribute to that, so we held you to account for uh, trying to find ways not to behave that way. Yeah, didn't we? yeah, because it wasn't like wasn't what? good for your growth and development. No, it wasn't. It made me feel health. awful. Yeah, yeah. It made me feel horrific. Uh, I wasn't great for people around you. No, 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 and it didn't create the culture and environment we wanted. No, um, so like. And it wouldn't have been acceptable. Like, it would have been easy to have just said, okay, well, now we know it's because of this, that, and the other, mm. rather than saying, actually, do you know what? That's not functioning. Mm. Like, that's not acceptable behaviour. Mm. Mm. How can you... And the thing is, it's not like you said, it was never a case of, that's not right. Mm. It was, okay, that's not right, but why? Yeah. And what can we do? So if that scenario or that feeling happens again, what are the strategies that we can work on together mm. to resolve that? Mm. So you can actually get into a space where you're moving yourself forwards yeah. rather than constantly going through this cycle yeah. and accepting that as okay. And that's an interesting bit, isn't it? Because obviously you've got your safe space and your soft space. Yeah. But of course, the other third one that, that we haven't talked about is the toxic space. Yeah. And what you were just saying there about behaviour, when you didn't behave in a way that was appropriate or mm. supportive of your own development or the, the environment, the culture, all those kinds of things, um, you weren't judged no. You were assessed. Yeah. But you weren't judged. And the problem with toxic places that is your was your behaviour judged? Maybe. Yeah. It it was definitely your behaviour you and your behaviour were assessed. Yeah. Yeah. By you and me. We would yeah. assess it, wouldn't we? Yeah, we um, would. I would you know, was your behaviour judged? Sometimes but you weren't. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, you weren't judged. And of course this is the problem with toxic places. What toxic places is they judge individuals, yeah? Or they judge their behaviour. They make sweeping assumptions about why it's happening. Um, they don't look at the opportunity that might be there to, to do something with that. Yeah, yeah those or, reactions. or I think the toxic space is equally, and it's kind of blurs with the safe space, but they, um, they'll they validate it a little yeah. bit. And that's, or like feed, fuel the fire a little bit more for mm-hmm. like like causing sort of spin-off stories and scenarios of like, well, you were pushed to do X, Ga- Y, and Z. Gaslighting. Yeah. yeah. And that's another thing that I've probably experienced and for me, of then having this clarity now over who I mm. am and um, like why I feel things yeah. and the way I do, etc., has helped to filter that out. Yeah. Because that creates a lot of conflict. Yeah. Um, which then doesn't help you then take that ownership and yeah. you fall between these sorts of states of like victim, blame, yeah. self sabotage, yeah. not taking ownership and then wanting to do that. Yeah. And then not then working out the ways to actually make that reality. And yeah. by that point, what you could end up doing is disengaging the people who will supri- provide you the challenge, but also support. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because you've obviously, since your diagnosis as well, you've made the decision not to seek out wider help yet. Yeah. Have you? No, no. Um, I'm completely supportive of you doing that because obviously there's gonna be, there could be a lot of things where that, all of it falls outside my area of expertise. But what you've decided to do for now is... To, to to use what you've already learned over your journey so far to help yourself haven't you yeah yeah and then to try to help me to understand you better so that uh, some of the things that we sort of theorize over can can maybe we can adapt them yeah so far we haven't really had to adapt no much, we haven't have we? but we've just had a probably a different perspective yes and maybe on... and i've also had a little bit more tolerance yeah. Yeah. So, so not that I was intolerant, although Lauren might say I am, but 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 obviously what I've had to do is consider some neurotypical environments that I would have expected you to be okay with, and understand that, that no matter what you do, 
it mm. might be difficult for you to ever be as comfortable as I would be in those. Yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, um, for example, in the past, if we had client meals, yeah, we would be very insistent that you attended because uh, that's professional. Exactly. Right? But um, now we give you a little bit more freedom yeah. to make your own decision if we don't think it's essential. Yeah, because we understand that that's not the environment you find very easy to deal with and there's not many things you can do to deal with it. And if you have to attend, you use earplugs, don't you, to help yeah. with that environment. But it's also going the other way as well. Of like, Coming back to that duty responsibility yeah. piece of like there is a res- level of responsibility for me yeah. to not back away from situations that I find yeah. more difficult. Right. And sometimes and it is, the, the answer is you have to be there. Just yes. deal with it. Yeah. It is that as simple yeah. sometimes. It's yeah. like, well, that is what it is. And actually look at ways to enjoy and embrace it yeah. like how you've got your little strategies um to work through it yeah so go and enjoy it yeah and actually just thinking about it in that way slightly differently yeah. rather than dreading those scenarios it's finding that balance yeah be like all right yeah i'm going to enjoy doing that how do i set myself up in the day what are the actions mm. like we do we go sometimes we'll say all right if i know i've got like say going we're going out for dinner in in the evening Right, I'll go out on the mountain bike. And we insist of... that it's that yeah. you need to be there it's like, because it's the how do I get how do I make sure I set myself up yeah. to enjoy that experience and make sure I'm the best version yeah. of myself so I'm you there. Learn that, not me. Yeah. It's so not I... about me making the environment no, no. Uh, or giving you a free pass. It's about saying, well, actually, do you know what, Lids? On the journey you've chosen, yeah. this is something you need to do. Yeah. What do you need to do yeah. to make sure that you you can do it and you do it well? So it might be I say on that day, okay, I'll just like go out for a couple of hours yeah. on the mountain bike. So I know that chills me out really good headspace time for me um or it might be knowing that the following day yeah i carve out time to make sure i can just rebalance myself a little bit as well and Um, you contract with me yeah exactly you you have those conversations so that we can then and if i'm unsure that you've recognized the need to have the conversation or you've misjudged the the the, the timing of things like that i'll try and instigate them initiate them won't i yeah as well yeah and you've been very determined to make sure that lots of other things that, that you find difficult and understandably find difficult, you continue on with. So, and, and some of them actually become easier since you found out a little bit more about who you are. Yeah. Um, so this podcast... Probably this is a good example. Is a good example. It took you about two years to get this started. Well, actually, yeah. you didn't start it, did you? I did in the end after seeing the equipment line a box for two years. Yes. Yeah. Um, but we got it started, didn't we? Yeah. And um, if you've listened to the podcast, we're on episode 30, you'll obviously know that from episode one through to now, your engagement with me and the content is considerably different, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And, um, you know, you, one of the things that you insisted on, you know, you wrote it in my calendar, don't you? Each week, yeah. And you decide on the topic we're going to discuss. So you decide what day we're recording, which is already Thursday. Yeah. You decide on the topic, don't you? You've got a list on the board next to your yeah, topics you want discussed. This is this was today's. Yes, it was. Um, and it was a choice between two. This was the one. The other one was um, uh, understanding the difference between an investor and a motivator. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that next week because it actually links quite nicely into this, doesn't it? Does, it? yeah. Because it directly connects to this soft space safe space thing um so you, you know you've been very determined to make sure you keep doing this um and because of course again if you don't expose yourself to these things then they become uh, more, even more difficult ever more difficult to do yeah they? um you're still determined to make sure that uh, when you have press responsibilities at races you fulfill those yeah yeah and in fact if anything you're trying to put yourself into um, environments where you are 
expected to challenge yeah your mm-hmm. uh, and, um, your natural tendencies to, to grow and develop into a higher functioning version of yourself but at the same time it's about balancing that out with understanding what your neurodiversity means in neurotypical scenarios yeah yeah but the, the main thing here again I guess going back to the safe space soft space thing is that you're not you're determined not to be put into a soft space environment Oh yeah, no, yeah. exactly, yeah. Which is actually one of the reasons why you decided to take ownership yourself, I think, isn't it? Yes. Rather than seek too much external support. Yeah. Because you were worried about that not being challenging enough. Well, it was right? almost becoming like a self fulfilling prophecy mm-hmm. of because it's like I I obviously like to read things quite in depth. Mm. So I'm I'm not obviously not an expert, but like I've had a good look at a lot of articles around ASD and sorts of traits and characteristics etc yeah. and recognize what i do of myself yeah. and from the report i had as well like and of course and we've got to make sure we recognize everyone's very different yeah. yeah so we know that this is unique to you and there might be other people out there. this helps you're diverse people and you're a typical people yeah? yeah but it won't be right for everybody yeah, but yeah. and i've, I've kind of like worked worked through it and i'm like do you know i've got myself to this point in mm. time already what out there is is it going to help me or is it just going to allow me to sort of perpetuate and mm. like say what I should be feeling or thinking in certain situations mm. and I think that's the danger is you could get a diagnosis like this and be like oh well that's that's difficult for me so I'm never going to be able to mm. to work it just because I'm like programmed that way or yes like that and it's like well all right things might be a little bit more challenged like routine is something I flip in love but I mm. also recognize mm. that sometimes that isn't always viable mm. and you have to be able to adapt and and work around these things that's a good example actually because that is something that you uh i, I, I quite i take quite a lot of fascination watching you work through because sometimes when we have to change things like yeah. training schedules or work schedules or um, anything like that you do find that really really yeah. challenging don't you i find it really easy you find it really difficult yeah and um but i, I i've enjoyed watching your determination when things change rec- to recognize right well, this is a normal change. This change yeah. is part of normal life. I can't avoid change like this. As Einstein said, if there's one thing in life that's inevitable, it's change. change. And um, it, sometimes I've seen you get, like, initially, I can see that sort of, again, we go back to Alan Watkins in the state. Mm. You know, I can see the change initiated an emotional reaction in you and you're re- you recognising that emotional reaction and then tr- doing choosing your thought process to make sure that you control your feelings yeah. and your emotions so you don't allow your f- emotions and feelings to overwhelm your thinking you choose a thought process that not does not suppresses them mm. but uh, makes sure that they take you in a positive direction yeah, yeah. so you're like right okay this change is making me feel um anxious mm-hmm. nervous unsettled that is I know that that's how I tend to feel when change comes. Is the change reasonable? Yes, it is. Mm. So now it's my responsibility to choose my thinking. Yeah. And of course, you practice that, don't you? I've so got a little course... process and like a checklist in my head now. Mm. So like, I know one of the things we've kind of on and off uh, talked about with like how you prioritise your day and your, you structure your day versus how mm. I do. And I really like the process of writing down a time plan for how my day is going to look <laughs> yes which would be rubbish for me because um i'd be late for it all. yeah you're always late for everything <laughs> i like having that as an idea and it's helped my levels of has helped my levels mm. of productivity mm-hmm. and having clarity over how my day is going to look but i make sure i'm not rigid to that no 
So what I do is in my head at the moment, if like something happens and we decide to change timings or something, mm. I just rework it in my head. I'm like, okay, well, I was going to do that then, but that can go there. And that mm. actually creates an opportunity for me to do X, Y, and Z at this time mm. instead. Mm. And like, instead of thinking, well, that's my day over as a write-off, which mm. would have been the case. Mm. Like, well, that's going to happen. Things are going to happen. Like, for example, we could be on training camp mm. and we could have arranged to go out on our bikes at eight o'clock mm. in the morning. Mm. And one of us could have had a... So we've got a flat or a mechanical. Or, or we were meeting someone who lives in London, right? Yeah. And oh, of course, yeah, you eight can't. o'clock in the morning means any time before 11. You, it doesn't, it's not a time they know, is it? <laughs> no. um, and that, that sort of thing can happen. And it's like, well, how do I readjust the day to make sure just because that can't happen at that time doesn't mm. mean that I miss out on other mm. things? Because that's what's happened to me in the mm. past is I've got such a flap about routine changing that the whole day's been railroaded and it's yeah. been a total write-off. Yeah. Um, so that's why I was determined to make sure I didn't because I was frustrated myself for missing opportunities mm, mm. but also creating a load of stress where I don't need to and there are ways and solutions that I can make sure I maximise it and still feel mm. like I'm effective mm. but for, as an observer what's really interesting and impressive and I, I'm really proud of you for this is how I can see the emotional impact on you that that change has I can see it in your face because you're not great at hiding that No. Um, and I can see your determination to work through it and that realisation that every time you do that, you enhance your skill set. Yeah. Because if you just decided once upon a time, right, well, okay, I'm shit with change, so therefore everything's on, you know, I'm, it, and if you, if, if, you know, you, you could easily blame your SD for that because yeah. it's a contributing factor. Yes? Yeah. But because you held yourself to account for the illness prior to that diagnosis as well and you continue to do so, you keep building a skill set that every time you experience those things, you're better equipped to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. Aren't you? Yeah, that, exactly. And I can see that happening in you. Um, and, um, you know, again, it goes back to the safe space, soft space situation where, you know, we've got a clear contract about it being mm. a, so a safe space, yeah. but not a safe, soft space. So you expect me to challenge you and support you in the right balance. Yeah. You know, you expect me to hold you to account and not just, you know, allow you to uh, blame your ASD or blame you know other things or the people who made the changes exactly yeah um and take responsibility and ownership over this and it's not just about me saying that's what we're going to have it's about us together yeah deciding that this is what a safe space looks like not a soft space oops sorry apparently i'm banging the cable so I, I don't think I can hear us speaking through my earphones i don't think my earphones work so i've just got them on they're keeping my ears warm <laughs> so um uh, again, this is this just all sort of goes back to the, um, the the your your choice of support as well, isn't it? You know, yeah. We, <clears throat> I guess I know, tell me if I've got this wrong, but I feel like I support um, I I support any decision you make to go and get external help mm. with this, but equally I challenge you to consider the the what is right for you. Yeah. So make sure you really thought it through. You don't just default to. Well, I'll go and do that because that's what everybody else does. Yeah. Yeah. So you make your own decision, don't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, again, you know, it's uh, it's really interesting watching you work through all this. And I think that the safe space that's created at Passion Fit by Lauren and myself and the other people that are part of it has been really important for you. Oh, do you know, there's yeah. two, two examples recently. It's quite good, actually. So, like, with the ASD diagnosis, I hadn't actually... Well, was very few people that knew that I was going through that process, but... Mm. When I did, what shows like for me what I was really good about was like no one in the community made a big deal out of it. Well, no that one was, was surprised. No, so well, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one was 
surprised, but in some situations you can imagine yeah. everyone being like, oh, do I need to, like, mm. like your mum was probably... Well, my mum was the only one, wasn't yeah. she? Yes, but yes. everyone was just like, oh, okay, that's that, like, crack on. Yeah. Like, and that's good because it doesn't allow you to think, oh, like, yeah. should I be doing this differently? Yeah. Should we make adjustments and stuff like that? But what's also been quite funny recently was um, about the high challenge I support piece was... We're all very good at loading our daily metrics, aren't we? About how much sleep we've had. Yeah, so we, um, we, we record, don't we? Uh, a lot of our athletes choose to record their recovery metrics as well as their training metrics, don't they? Yeah. So to to understand patterns like yeah. sleep, HRV and resting heart rate. So yeah. And um, usually I'm I'm really quite meticulous at having like phone switch off time at yes. about like seven. And I think mm. it was about half seven the other day and it had been a choice to work a little bit later. Mm. Um, with the workload I've got at the moment and I'd messaged two of the athletes that we've got in, in the community and um, both of them came back to me and I just sent a message back saying right okay phone's off time like that's it we've got a session in the morning and I was like oh do you know what? that's brilliant like they're like given that yeah. back now of like leading like so I do make a bit of like when we have our seat at seminar we mm. talk about sleep a lot don't we and I kind of give my evening examples and it was like holding to accountability, but they were able to challenge. Yeah. Knowing that also actually, you know, they've got support from the coaches around yeah. loading their metrics and helping those actional behaviours and actually yeah. holding each other to account yeah. was one of those ones that was, it was good to see. Yeah, it's fascinating, yeah. isn't it, actually? And the more you think about it, the more fascinating it is. Yeah. So I think, yeah, so I think, I, I guess it, it, in summary, what we're saying is that perhaps there's an opportunity for people to give some more consideration to the environments they do put themselves into. Yeah. You know, obviously, you don't want to be putting yourself into toxic environments. That that doesn't help. Um, but um, perhaps there's a misunderstanding sometimes between soft space and safe space, um, and that we we're getting too accustomed to or into the habit of defaulting towards or seeking out those soft spaces that maybe won't actually help with our own individual or collective group group growth. And actually, it's a safe space is a bit different from what we maybe think it is. Yeah. Um, and actually, that safe space is what we really need to help us move forwards. Yeah. Now, again, you know, neither of us are a psychologist, are we? No. Neither of us are neurologists. Nope. Um, but I do have a master's in water science. You do have a master's in water science. You do. Um, but... Um, yeah, what we're talking about is what we've experienced. This is about our, our experiences, yeah. you know, on our journey. And we're both, I wouldn't say we're both very typical individuals, are we? No. In lots of ways. Um, and certainly for me, you know, I know that um, you know, there was a period of time where my historic trauma really kind of defined and ruled who I was. It, it defined me. I attributed a lot of my behaviour to it. I had a lot of blame and anger for my father. And my mother, to be honest with you, for, you know, not taking us away from the environment. You know, I understand why she couldn't, but uh, didn't make me more, didn't stop me being angry about it. And, um, you know, I was looking for people to comfort me and support me and, and, and like, show me some sort of magic solution to my problem. Mm. I had doctors try to medicate me. I had therapists that spent a lot of time telling me that it wasn't my fault I felt like I felt um, and it, honestly I got nowhere I got nowhere at all and um, it wasn't until I've, I've, I've said this before I think on the podcast until I got really heavily challenged by somebody I didn't know um, 
and started to do a bit of research on my own about ownership and responsibility and um, post-traumatic growth. That was a big one. That was Paul Wood again. Mm. Um, you know, uh, I'm sure it was talking, it may, or it may have been Huberman, I'm not sure again, one of those two, have been talking about how making uh, ex-servicemen aware of the possibility of post-traumatic growth reduce the number of cases of post-traumatic stress disorder and I started to learn a little bit more about post-traumatic growth and realised that the way I was feeling was basically just a choice. I had decided that that I was going to, this was who, this, this is what, how I was going to yeah. end up and the problem was all the people around me that were supposed to be helping me were doing the opposite. It's The phrase I like is, it might not be what you want but I'm what you need. Yes. That's a big one, I think. Yes. Because a lot of people just surround themselves by what they'll people they want think they want. Yeah. But none of them are given what they actually need. No. One of my friends actually did say to me a while ago, she's like, Do you know what I always come to you? Not because of not because you say what I don't want to hear, but what mm. I need to hear at that yeah. point in time. And it's having You don't know any better. <laughs> well yeah, that's the thing. I can't I'm literally so black and white, I just say it as it is and not realise yeah. why someone's upset. Yeah. Um but it's true though, because like some I think a lot of people are like are afraid to make that sort of challenge yeah. at times yeah and also then take ownership because once you've taken ownership and taken yourself out of that blame yeah. culture and out of that like network that were probably fueling the fire a little bit mm. to allow you to feel like that you've got to make a choice to get yeah. your shit together yeah and that's like it's liberating because i feel so much better for having said you know what, i'm just going to flip more take control of my life and get on with yeah. it um and that's true isn't it? the only person that will define the way that your life goes you yeah unless you're when your child is different yeah, once you're an adult easy. that's it it's up to you yeah, yeah it, it, that's what it comes down to and a lot of that also comes down to perspective and yeah. expectations of yourself doesn't it because the reality is that you know yes it, for some people i understand life is like shitty beyond their ability to deal with it i get it but for the majority of people that live in the modern world yeah certainly mm. in you know Western civilization. I don't know if that's the right woke term to use these days, but you know what I mean. The life's not bloody difficult. It's not really very difficult, is it? And yeah. I think about my grandfather. My grandfather flew sixty missions in the Second World War, sixty bombing raids. Um, and just to give some perspective, in Memphis Belle, in the film Memphis Belle, they they fly twenty five and they go home. Mm. That's what the Americans got to do, but that wasn't the case with the British. He flew sixty. I'm I'm pretty sure he was about twenty or twenty one years old when he started flying. He has a DSO, Distinguished Service Order, which I don't think we knew about until very much later in his life, or even potentially after he died. It was just he was such a modest, humble man. Um, and I'm not saying that he didn't carry any trauma from that experience, but you know he got on with it. He got through it, and he was a lovely, lovely man who. Um, you know, I couldn't speak highly enough of. And of course, a lot of our grandparents, that was their reality, you know. And I don't, sometimes I think we just expect life to be easy than it is. We keep seeking out this easy life that yeah. isn't really what life is all meant to be. And actually, we're on our own worst enemies. We're setting ourselves up for failure. Yeah. But we're constantly searching for that easy out that easier life and this is where people don't go for those us. quick hits yeah I'll, quick. Buy, I'll buy something it makes me feel good yeah I'll get that car I'll get this that and yeah. the other and yeah. that'll make me feel good but it won't yeah it, it really won't it's about consistency um, isn't it yeah and it's about just chipping away consistently at fairly mediocre behaviors and about the contribution they collectively make yeah. to that well-being not no one thing is gonna no make, it's not it's gonna about be one routine. thing it's about like say it's about having a purpose for your your days uh your weeks your months your years 
and every morning getting up with that sense of purpose and working towards it. Yeah, and setting yourself standards. Yes. This is what I found quite interesting recently. Like in the last few weeks, especially where we've got the um, ladies team um, and it has been quite a lot of yeah. work going on in the background with, with yeah. that and seeing the standard that the girls are setting, yeah. I was like, right, I need to make sure I'm not like yeah. falling back and yeah. like other people in the community the standards that are being set around behavior conduct professionalism yeah all of these aspects it keeps on making you want to keep on That's progressing right. faster yeah. rather than having someone who's the common denominator trying to bring that standard down yeah that's been really important. I yeah, think it's probably really like your, with your grandfather in that example, yeah. that was the standard. Yeah. That was the standard and the expectation, yeah. wasn't it? And you yeah. wanted to do your bit, that yeah. duty and responsibility yeah. again. And for me, knowing that about him, you know, because you know, I, rem- I think about that when I ever feel a bit slow flaky, you know, or a bit uh, self-absorbed or find myself in a bit of a blame scenario, I always think about him. You know, I think, gosh, you know... Um, no matter what, there's, you know, my life's never going to be that hard. <laughs> it, it's never going to be, you know. And, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, be sure I'm careful how I say this, uh, but, you know, obviously, uh, you know, we all, in the triathlon world, we all know an individual athlete, high-profile athlete, high-profile coach who had life-changing injury a few years ago. And, you know, I, I, I never... I don't think a day goes by why I mean I probably ought to say this to him more and I never really knew him beforehand, but you know, I don't think a day goes by when I don't think about him and how fortunate my situation is. And that um, you know, on my ship days, my ship training days, mm. he'd give anything to have my ship training days again. And that that for me makes me remember that no matter you know, what I've been through, no matter what life throws at me, I I, some days it's harder than others, but I always have the power to choose my perspective, um, my attitude, my level of ownership, all these things. And, you know, if you're part of Passion Fit, then that's the standard, isn't it? That's yeah. the bar. Yeah. Um, and, you know, not everyone can can meet that bar. No. And it hasn't always been like this. You know, we, we've, we've been evolving it over the last few years, particularly since just prior to the pandemic. Yeah. We learned about ourselves as a culture and community during the pandemic. We haven't always got it right. Sometimes we've got it wrong. Mm. I've definitely got it wrong in my own life, you know. Um, but uh, that is, again, that is life, isn't it? Um, and, uh, you know, even the times that where we've got it wrong, the, you know, the only regrets I ever have, you know, I have some regrets that I've already talked about with regards to my father. I have regrets about people I've hurt. But I don't re- have regrets about the times in my life that weren't optimal either. Yeah. You know, when I worked in the bank, it was pretty toxic pretty toxic it's probably generous um but i was thinking about this yesterday because we were delivering a workshop to financial advisors when i actually think back i think gosh didn't i learn a lot mm. you know didn't i meet some really really high functioning people didn't i learn a lot from them and i and i actually do remember being able to create an environment that despite how unethical and amoral what we would often do was an environment where actually we focused really hard on doing things the right way yeah um and in a high functioning way um so I think you've always got that choice, always got that option. And like sometimes it'll be harder to choose than others. For some people, mm. in some scenarios, it's harder to choose than others because we're all different. But ultimately, you do, you still can. Yeah. Uh, and your long-term fulfilment, sense of purpose, sense of being. Um, I don't know if I ever want to use the word happiness because that's a tricky one to use because I'm not a very happy person. Uh, neither are you, are you? No. But that doesn't mean that we don't love our life. 
but all of those things they, they basically the buck stops with you doesn't it it does yeah and um if you want the way you feel about your life and your days and your weeks to change you've got to make that decision and if you're not in a collective safe space you have to make your own yeah don't you? because if you create if you make your own soft space that not a lot's going to work either is it no. so if your soft space is you yeah yeah that that's a problem too yeah it is you know if you're never challenging yourself you take yeah? yourself away from the yeah. environments yeah. that are going to yeah so if you never challenge yourself if you always blame if you accept incompetence if you don't take responsibility if you tell yourself that stagnation and regression is acceptable because oh yeah well, i felt a bit shit today you know if you if you choose to be a victim um if you're not consistent you don't hold yourself to account for being consistent if you accept low function and self-sabotaging mindsets if you you know constantly afraid of things going wrong that saves and so you avoid doing things then that safe space um is the one you're generating for yourself sorry that soft, soft space, space yeah. is the one you're generating for yourself and you know it's down to you as well even if you're doing this thing on your own you can create your own safe space yeah but you could also create your own toxic space yeah if you beat yourself up all the time that's no good you know um and so you've got to get our balance right but again we're you're, you're, you're this is part of being an adult this is life it is like it's part of life it's part of being an adult um and if you're not quite sure how to go about finding that way of doing it go and find someone or go and environment find an environment go and find a culture go and find people that can that might be us it might be somewhere else but it will change your life. For me, I couldn't find it. So what I did was I set up Passion Fit. And it took me a few years to get there, but I set up Passion Fit as a self-help exercise. It's like, look, I've got to take myself away from all the toxic people in my life, because I had a lot of toxic people. I've got to take myself away from all the nurturing people in my life, because they're not helping me either. What I need to do is surround myself with people that challenge me to be a different version of myself, a better version of myself, to to people who need my support yeah that i have to then sort my shit out because i've got to be responsible for their well-being and their growth their development and so i set it up myself and i surround myself with those people um so it, it might be you doing it on your own it might be you going finding a group it might be setting your own group but at, at the end of the day you need a safe space to, to grow and to thrive and develop not a soft space not a toxic space but it comes down to you to make that happen doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. I think That's that we're pretty much bang on with timing now, aren't we? Yeah, we, we are. That was good. Fantastic. Okay. So I promised myself this week that I would say, ask you to, to, to like, share and subscribe at the beginning of the podcast. What we can do, you've done it at the end as well now, record another little snippet so you can do it at the beginning as well. You can do that. Okay, I'll do that. Because everyone listens to me too much. Uh, but I did forget. So and if you now... listen to the end, now you can do your bit at the end. Yeah, so I'm now going to listen to my own safe space advice and go away and challenge myself on that. Because I'd actually... already remembered and uh, thought I'll just record as another segment to add in. Well done, but I forgot. Um, because we do want you to do that. Yeah. Because we want, we, be- we really believe in what we're doing. We're not always going to get it right. Um, I'm sure we'll evolve over the, over the coming years, but at the moment we really believe in what we're doing. We really believe in why we're doing it. Um, and, um, you know, we do want to try and help more people. We don't want to overstep our, the mark and go outside our remit, but we're trying our hardest to get it right. And, um, you know, so far, you know, we have only seen evidence of it being able to add value to people. It hasn't always been the right timing for everybody, but, you know, uh, and so we want to find the people that can benefit from what we do. It won't be everyone, but it will be some people, and you might know some of them. 
So that's why we want you to get the message out there for us. Okay, that's it, isn't it? Today? Yeah. All right, thanks, Rachel. I've got to go and walk the dog. You've got another bike I've fit. I've got another bike fit. Um, and I've, I might go and get that bacon double cheeseburger I've been talking about for four months. <laughs> you keep chatting about this. I know, I know. I just can't bring myself to go into Burger King. It's, it's the smell. Deliver it. Not the people, the, the, the smell of the cooking. It's just, I could deliver it, actually, yeah, I see. Okay, thanks very much for listening, guys. <laughs> um, I'll let you know next week if I did have the bacon double cheeseburger. Only 400 calories, apparently. Winner. But it's the problem it'll cause me tomorrow that I'm not too keen on. Yeah, and I don't want to be sitting next to you on the bike. <laughs> oh, good point. No. <laughs> All right, thanks very much, guys. Take it easy.